Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from not Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher. I'm a Dynasty Freak. And that means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So do you. In this episode number 242, I'm actually not in Austin, Texas. I'm in Burnett, Texas on Lake LBJ because this is the weekend that the Dynasty Freaks, my oldest standing league, actually gets together. We hang out together. Uh, So putting this podcast out just a little bit earlier because my Freak League, which is comprised of all my college buddies, Hook'em Horns, uh, that started 25 years ago, and each year we gather at Lake LBJ to catch up, talk football, and do our draft. Normally we meet on Labor Day weekend, but this uh, year we had a few, do it a few weeks earlier, just because of some scheduling conflicts, and so we decided actually to keep our rookie draft on Labor Day weekend, so we're going to begin a slow draft on Labor Day weekend, but we're gathering this weekend, and because of that, uh, the Dynasty Freaks weekend means that I'm unable to watch all of preseason uh, week two games. I'm going to do that later in the week. I promise to do that. I'm going to talk about them you know, in the next podcast that I do uh, after watching all of the week two games. But for now, I can only write about the late games that I didn't talk about last week and the Thursday game that I watched last night uh, before all the Dynasty Freaks get here for this weekend. So I apologize that this podcast is coming out a little bit early and there won't be one on next Tuesday, but I hope that you enjoy uh, what I'm able to share here. And I'm going to enjoy having a long weekend with my freaky friends here at the Dynasty Freaks League. Like I said, 25 years old. Pretty fun. So before the season starts and the guys get here to join me at the lake, I wanted to put out a few of my thoughts regarding some things that I've observed from the, the preseason games that I didn't report on, as well as just some general news from the Dynasty take. So let's begin. A couple of players we get to talk about. A little shorter podcast than normal, but... I'm excited to be here with my freaks in a couple hours. Here we go. Uh, Sam Howell and Jahan Dotson. Uh, this morning it was actually announced that Howell was officially named the starter. He looked fantastic in his first preseason game, throwing on-time passes, running for one first down, and of course hitting Jahan Dotson for a touchdown. All he does is score touchdowns. Uh, he's taken you know first-team reps really since day one of camp, and all the reports at camp have said that he's looked great and he's developed a lot of chemistry with his top two targets, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Dotson, though, um, I want to talk about him. He's received a little bit more training camp hype than McLaurin has. Uh, beat reporters have posted a number of videos showing Dotson destroying defensive backs with his route running. It's been so fun to watch. Um, I'm not going to be surprised at all if Dotson overtakes McLaurin this year to become Howell's favorite target and most productive receiver from a fantasy perspective. Uh, there's already you know, evidence of this. It's only one year's evidence that they've played together, but uh, Dotson just has a knack for scoring touchdowns, and McLaurin just doesn't. McLaurin did score seven touchdowns his first season, but since then has not scored more than more than that. And then uh, Dotson scored seven touchdowns just last year. He's doing it again in training camp, and in that first preseason game, he's the one that caught the touchdown pass. So pretty wild. I think that Howell, overall, he's going to be the best quarterback that McLaurin's ever had in Washington, and so McLaurin's production should improve as well. But I'm going to predict that Dotson's going to be the most productive. Uh, which thrills me since if you followed me, you know Dotson is tied for my most rostered player. Can't wait to see him break out. Please stay healthy, Dotson. And Howell, it's fun to have him on a few teams too. Uh, he's going to make the team a lot better. Love it that he was named the starter. 
Another guy not named the starter, but did a lot. I'm going to talk about two Raiders here, Aiden O'Connell and Zamir White. O'Connell looked fantastic in his first preseason game, first live action of his NFL career, but the same really can't be said for Zamir White in his uh, first preseason game in his second year. O'Connell led the team to 24 points in the first half with only the second team receivers, you know, to catch passes from him. He was on time. He looked very in command of the offense with only three incompletions in his 18 attempts. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, he needs to worry just a little bit about, you know, the performance that O'Connell put out there. I don't think Jimmy G's in danger of losing a starting position, but that said, he's among the most vulnerable quarterbacks in the league for losing his position for sure. And that was before even seeing O'Connell play. If you were to pick, you know, which quarterback might lose their job, uh, Jimmy G would be up there on the top. And now that O'Connell's put this on film, it uh, it's going to be a little bit scary. Managers who drafted O'Connell very O'Connell very late in their superflex leagues definitely have a player to stash on their benches. As for White, though, uh, he saw the most reaction that he's seen in a game, but he didn't really do anything that special. He basically just got what was given to him, but nothing more. He did score a short yardage touchdown, but he also failed to convert on a fourth and one play. To me, just looked completely average. It's just one game. So, you know, I'm not going to give up hope that he could be a surprise breakout if Josh Jacob continues to hold out this season. But uh, White really didn't do anything more than get what was there. He didn't do anything special. And so uh, not to encourage by what White put on film in that first preseason game. Speaking of the guys that looked pretty terrible, uh, Trey Lance and Marcus Mariota. Trey Lance and Marcus Mariota looked terrible in their preseason games, especially Mariota's second game, the one that was played last night. Man, they were incredibly inaccurate with their ball placement, and they just showed that they're pretty incompetent as backup quarterbacks. I think it's very clear that Sam Darnold is going to be the 49ers' backup role. He's got that locked down, and Lance, sadly, is no longer even a tradable asset for the 49ers after what he showed. As for Tanner McKee, you know, he struggled with his accuracy for the Eagles, too, but he still played better than Mariota did the last two weeks, and he's, you know, Less similar to the style of Jalen Hurts, you know, one-to-one matchup. I thought that they got Mariota because he could maybe do some things Hurt did. But right now, I just think uh, that Tanner McKee is really going to push Mariota for the backup role. Quarterback's definitely a tricky position for NFL general, general managers as well as us as dynasty managers. The GMs in the NFL get this wrong all the time by players that they add in the first round. And sadly, these you know two former first-round draft picks are really not even qualified to be backups anymore, in my opinion, especially after the, what they you know showed in these first, first preseason games. I uh, want to talk to you about some of the news that took place this last week. Dalvin Cook, much to the chagrin of Brees Hall managers, uh, Cook signed with the Jets this week. It's a one-year deal, so it doesn't do much to hurt Hall's dynasty value, but it sure makes him less reliable in fantasy lineups this season. I had really hoped that Cooks would sign with the Dolphins. That's where I thought that he could actually thrive and get the bulk of the carries. But with the Jets, he's going to split time too with Hall, especially as the season progresses. Now, the dynasty value most affected by Cooks signing, though, is both with Michael Carter and Izzy Abanacanda. If you follow me, you know I'm a big believer in Abanacanda, who's looked great the first, you know, in his first two preseason games. But now he's in a real competition for a roster spot, let alone a role on the team. I think the following preseason games are going to determine, determine a lot for you know what happens with the Jets' backfield. Um, I believe in Carter and Amanda Kanda that they're probably going to make the team and Zonovan Knight's going to be the one that gets cut, uh, but their opportunity for playing time in this year is completely diminished unless Cooks or Hall get in- injured. I'm still holding on my rosters and holding these guys on my rosters, but the, man, they're at the very back end of my benches right now, which not the player that I'm going to cut, Amanda Kanda or Carter, 
Um, but man, they are on the back of the bench. Same can't be true uh, for what I'm going to mention now with Pierre Strong. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, signed with the Patriots and his signing didn't do much to hurt the dynasty value of Armande Stevenson, uh, but I think it's really going to affect his goal line uses and his receptions this year. So that's going to hurt him uh, for this year. I think Zeke's best strengths right now at this stage of his career is in pass protection and short yardage running. So I think Stevenson's going to miss out on some of those opportunities. Uh, Zeke's you know, signing is really the final straw, revealing the Patriots what they believe about Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. Sadly, Strong is one of my most rostered players, and I hope that he would earn more playing time this season. But now I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong. And Strong is a player that I'm really going to have to consider cutting when roster cuts happen here in a few weeks. I've already dropped Kevin Harris from my rosters, um, and I think I'm going to have to drop Strong now. Pretty disappointing to me, but I just have to be honest as a, as a dynasty manager, adjust my expectations accordingly to what NFL teams have shown that they think. I think the Patriots have shown what they think about him. Next player to talk about was super fun, Deuce Vaughn. Vaughn looked fantastic in his first preseason game, uh, matching the training camp hype that he's received for weeks. The training camp hype has been building for him for sure, and he quickly became a fan favorite. And I think he's going to demand way more playing time this preseason and move up the depth chart before the opening game of the season. I added Rico Dowdle to several of my rosters a few weeks ago after the Cowboys listed him as the backup behind Tony Pollard. Uh, he didn't look terrible in the game too, but man, you just watch the difference between Dowdle or Malik Davis and Vaughn, and it just jumps off the, the page, jumps off the screen to you where you're like, this this is not going to end well for these guys. So after watching Vaughn's first preseason game, I immediately dropped Dowdle from all my rosters. I think Vaughn's going to be one of the best steals of this year's rookie draft, and I wish that I would have valued him more and drafted him more, but I don't have a single share of him. Uh, his incredible college production should have trumped concerns about his size and his not-so-great draft capital. I hope that I can actually draft him in this upcoming freak rookie draft that I have, the very last rookie draft that I have. Vaughn's definitely a player moving up my rankings and hope that I could get him at least one share. Super fun to watch. I think he's going to be the one-to-one -one backup for Tony Pollard and wouldn't be surprised if they get, get kind of mixed in way more than anyone anticipated. A couple receivers to talk about now. A.T. Perry. Uh, Perry had a, a wonderful first showing this in his uh, first running with the second-team offense of the Saints. Uh, he definitely has stiff competition to earn a starting role with the team with Chris Olave and Michael Thomas kind of cemented as the starters there. But he could battle for a starting role in three receiver sets, you know, if he could beat out Rashid, uh, Rashid and Shahid. Uh, Perry's definitely more prototypical than ex-receiver, so I think his role competition is with Michael Thomas. Uh, but I think, you know, based on what he did in this first first game, the coaching staff might have to find some ways to get him involved if he plays like he did in this first preseason game where he scored a touchdown and had, I think, about 70 yards receiving. You know, Perry's draft capital and landing spot uh, dinged his dynasty you know, value in rookie drafts, uh, but he was a player that I added with my last, last pick in a few leagues. Even one auction league put in a low bid and got him in an auction rookie draft. And then I added him off the waiver wire in a league where there was just a four-round rookie draft. And so in all the leagues where I have Perry, we have taxi squads. And so he is a perfect player to have on leagues that have taxi squads. He's just going to sit there on my taxi squad and waiting for his opportunity. Super happy that I have him. Glad that he impressed right away in this first game. Even in leagues without taxi squad, uh, he's a player that's going to be hard to cut, especially if he continues to play like this in preseason games. When it gets time to trim rosters, even in, in leagues without a taxi squad, he might be a player that you need to keep, at least put him on your watch list if someone does drop him. Two more players to talk about on the short podcast. Puka Nakua, uh, the hype train for Puka. 
continues to roll on and grew louder and louder uh, after scoring a touchdown in his first preseason game. Reporters have continually posted videos of him working guys over in practice and scoring touchdowns. I saw actually another one that was posted this morning, him getting a touchdown catch from uh, Matt Stafford, in this case, running with the first team. I'm so glad that I have Nakua. Yeah, I was on the hype train a lot earlier than other dynasty managers. That's why he and Tyler Scott are my most drafted rookies uh, this last year. I think he's going to earn a starting role in three receiver sets right away, and by the time the season starts, he's going to become one of the most versatile weapons on the Rams' offense. Uh, like Deuce Vaughn, I think he's one of the stills of this year's rookie class. Glad that I have a lot of shares of him. And finally, uh, now I brag about someone I did draft. I'll talk about someone that I wasn't high on that now I'm changing my opinion on. That would be Jawan Johnson. Jawan Johnson tied in for the Saints. Uh, he received, you know, kind of a steady drumbeat of praise throughout the offseason. And reporters have said that he's become Derek, Derek Carr's, quote, go-to man. Uh, the reports on Johnson, you know, early in the offseason were that he watched Julian Edelman film to improve his route running. It seemed pretty ridiculous for a tight end to be watching Edelman film. Uh, but we've got to remember he's a converted receiver to the tight end, so maybe there's more to that story. I don't know if it's really the film or what, but Johnson's, you know, drumbeat has been beating. He caught two of Carr's, you know, uh, passes on the opening drive touchdown that the first team offense was on, including a third down conversion to keep a drive alive, which shows something that he could be a go-to guy on third downs. The Saints' first-team offense, you know, left the field after that touchdown drive, and then it became the A.T. Perry show. He stole the show after that. But Johnson, you know, relied on touchdowns to produce in fantasy last year. Maybe this season he looks like he's one that could uh, produce without the touchdowns. Uh, Johnson was a steal off the waiver wire last year, but I never added him because I don't like to rely on tight ends who only produce with touchdowns. But, hey, he could be changing the narrative here, it looks like. He could uh, make production just based on the number of uh, targets that he's going to receive. And if so, it's going to look like I really missed out on a player who could do more than score touchdowns this year, changing my perception, my understanding, my dynasty value of Juwan Johnson based on uh, his first preseason game as well as the preseason uh, offseason hike during training camp. Short podcast this week, but wanted to get one out to you nonetheless and report on the players that I watched after I recorded the last podcast. Sorry I won't have one for you guys this Tuesday, but I'm going to enjoy my time with the freaks on the lake, and we'll probably catch to a preseason or a game or two while we're playing poker and hanging out together. But this is going to be a extra, consider it a bonus podcast for this week. All right, that's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Y'all know I'm better on email than Twitter, so please contact me that way. Again, if you haven't done so and you are one of my listeners, I'd really, really appreciate it if you would rate and review the podcast. That would mean a lot. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, do what I'm going to do this weekend. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.